Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the American Underground Network Collective Consciousness Show with Jim Condon, Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Fred Smart in Evanston, Illinois, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina, now live from Portland, Oregon, your host, Dee Dee Farrell. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thank you, everyone, for coming in. This is our 400th call, but we're not going to have our anniversary call until next week because Fred's not here tonight. He had to drive to Connecticut uh, today with his family, so uh, he might be calling in a little bit later. But in the meantime, we have Humak, and we're going to have Christopher Bolin and Gabriel Day. Now, Humak uh, has been uh, filming and editing and reporting, producing DVDs uh, on the superstars of 9-11 Truth movement since 2004, and he's a leader for the 9-11 Truth, and we're honored to have him on as co-host tonight with uh, special guest Chris Bolin, which I'm sure most of you know is the author and former star reporter of the American Free Press who broke the true story of 9-11, at least um, according to his research. And um, uh, he's been a journalist 
since uh, on this issue since uh, it happened, and we're very honored to have him on as usual. And Gabriel Day is new to our call, and uh, he, I, I'm not familiar with him, but I hear he's a t- uh, positive and tireless catalyst to uh, to many of the 9/11 movements, meetups, and website venues. And we're honored to welcome him to this show. Uh, we thought we were having an open forum tonight, but it turned out overnight we are having all these incredible guests. So. We welcome you all, and I believe that, uh, Christopher, are you on with us? Is that your number I'm seeing? Hi, welcome back. It was a big surprise to see you again. Very very glad to have you. Um, So I guess there's an agenda here with Humak is going to be doing the interviewing, and he'll be bringing in uh, Chris and uh, Gabriel into the conversation. So welcome everyone who came and joined us. And welcome those of you on TalkShoe that are listening in. Uh, there will be an archive up, uh, with this call by tomorrow. So, Humak, if you'd like to go ahead and introduce yourself and begin the call, you're welcome to. And we'll be here, Steve and I will be here supporting you, and Betty Smith's here, and a, a lot of regulars that are very well informed on the subject. So, you're not okay. alone. Be sure, and, be sure and ask questions any old time, because we, uh, we need to grow, all of us. Anyway, uh, my name is Hamouk. I've been uh, uh, videoing the superstars in the 9-11 Truth Movement since 2004, and uh, I've got about 200 hours uh, for public access up on YouTube. And uh, But I, there's a na- name I want you to remember. That's blog.911tv.org, blog.911tv.org. Org. You put that into the computer, and up comes a portal to get to Twitter, Facebook, the website, uh, YouTube, uh, the index to all the films. It's a little hard and daunting to find your way through YouTube, but we've got the 9-11 TV stuff sort of laid out for you at blog.911tv.org. So I'm hoping you'll go there. Now, the the plea tonight is to get all of these videos to go viral. Now, I know that's usually an accidental condition, but there's a bunch of stuff up there, and we need to get the 9-11 truthers to pick a video and then pass it on to their friends. And uh, that way we can get some of these things to go viral. We just put up a uh, Niels Herrett piece, which is uh, doing very well. And, of course, the Christopher Bolin uh, that he just did in the the uh, first of uh, March is uh, up and running and getting a huge number of hits. So uh, this information is getting out, and the the uh, feedback, the comments are very very positive for Christopher's work. Uh, Gabriel has been a friend of mine in the movement for many many years, and is. Uh, has uh, put on uh, Understanding Deep Politics. He uh, essentially put that show on, and 9-11 TV did the video of it. But he's been doing deep politics for years and years, and I'd like to, at this point, uh, bring him in now uh, to comment on the work that's going on in the truth movement. He just got back from Denver where there was an ad hoc meeting. Uh, discussing the future of the 9-11 truth movement, and he's got some interesting questions to ask uh, people. So, Gabriel, can I turn this over to you? You you want to get a word in edgewise here? Sure, but it's going to be a three-way with Christopher or just between you and I? Is he there? Is Chris on? Yes, he's here. Yes. 
Oh, well, great, Chris. Yeah, any, anybody. I, w- I would say let's just go in circles until we run out of time, but it's uh, you can take a turn now or Chris, whoever's ready. Okay, well, I can't hit Chris, so I'll just start off. Well, yes, I've been uh, traveling across America, had the opportunity to do that a bit in the last few years, and I've been reflecting it has been quite a bit since uh, – We've had kind of the movement strength that we had in the past, so I've been asking people to reflect on, you know, the state of the movement and what do we feel we've learned over this decade or more of working on it. And one of the first questions I've been asking people is, uh, which is the big one, the $64,000 question is, how do we feel we'll ever be successful uh, and what is your definition of success and how do we get to that post-9-11 truth world? So... I mean, Homuk, do you want to dialogue a bit with me on how what you think the answer to that is? Well, the answer that I uh, sent to you a little earlier is a day at a time. I don't personally know how to figure out how to get the truth movement herded into any particular direction. So, And I I, uh, I think you've got a challenge ahead of you, but I'd like to see it happen. I'd like to see a coordinated effort put together the truth the uh, the truth organizations around the world to put them together and have concerted weekend events where all of the truth movements are simultaneously putting on events. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, And then the other thing related to this is should the 9-11 truth movement say centric to that cause or should it uh, um, embrace the other deep politics movements such as Oklahoma City bombing, you know, the Police spy state, chemtrails, Sandy Hook, the assassinations, etc. So, in regard to that, you feel that the movement. I I think they're all part of they're all part of the movement I'm in. They're all part of the of the information that's out there that's not part of the mainstream, and so it's never dealt with by uh, most of America or most much of the world knows exactly what happened. But I think all of these things are indicative of the problems that we're up against. It's uh, uh, lies are truth now, and that's the way it is. Is Christopher in there someplace? I'd like to hear from him, too. Christopher, did, you, you, did I hear your voice? Have you joined us? Okay, I just wanted to make sure he wasn't here if he wasn't here. Uh, well, he's um, tagged on the call as being here, but um, uh, sometimes mm. that is misleading. I thought I heard him say hello when I addressed him. Hmm. Well, if you can get him through the conversation, that would be great. Meanwhile, uh, okay. back to you, Gabe. Okay, and maybe we can, anybody wants to call in to pipe in on some of these answers here because I really am just trying to pull the movement as to uh, uh, where we're going and how we can be successful. And related to that, I've been asking people, you know, what aspects, tactics, strategies seem the most promising within the movement at this time? And I'm looking, you want to share your feelings on that? Because uh, the, the tactics, the well, the tactic I was looking at was sort of is a larger picture, a bigger do things in a grander scale. I know that we're trying to make sure that uh, we tell the truth about the facts that they were demolitions, but there's there's other areas that we need to get into. And uh, basically at the core of this, and I should just lay my thinking out there, that until 
the 9-11 Truth Movement brings up the true Zionist-Israeli connection and figures out where that $8 million a day that America sends to Israel goes and how it gets bombs turned into bombs that end up on Gaza, 9-11 will never be solved. It's very clear that the week of, of uh, 9-11, it was announced that the, uh, the largest espionage ring in in America, an Israeli espionage ring had been discovered, and then they were sent home on the visa violations. So that kind of stuff kind of makes you think that there's a deeper picture here that we ought to be looking at and see if we can get the uh, the uh, Zionist lobby to uh, talk about what really happened. Okay, so you think they're going to talk about what really happened? Because I really question, don't we have to build a movement that can really at some point have the political power to force some revealing of the truth? Well, there you have it. You've got it exactly. I think I probably do have it backwards there. The, the, that's the movement I'm looking for is one where we can talk about the biggest lies right up front, and we just don't do it. From the very first days I watched the uh, dancing Israelis and the uh, the other bits and pieces of this story, which are still out there, by the way. They're just not mentioned in the mainstream. I watched all that stuff disappear in very, very few days and never get seen again. So uh, it's it's a big thing, but we have to go. If we're going to be a truth movement, we have to go to the truth, and we have to understand that Bibi Netanyahu started international terrorism in 1979 at the Jerusalem conference. That's the beginning of it. That was when it was brought onto the international scene, and that's the seeds of 9-11. Well, it is good for people to know the history of this because uh, these false flag events that they've unleashed on within our generation have been going on in previous generations and shaping world history that we're now living. So another question Homoka had been asking people, if we just carry down these questions, is um, do you think uh, there's more hope for the, our movements inside or outside of America? Because I've talked to quite a few uh, European activists, such as Annie Michon, who believe that perhaps uh, you know, 9-11 Truth could break outside of America. There could be a high-level... German parliamentary body that asks the you know breaks it or and but saying the asking people well if there's more hope from outside of America how can we get more uh, cross fertilization and within you know within the world between the movements and how do we as uh, American 9/11 Truth movement support the movements abroad. Well, definitely supporting the movements abroad are, are vital, but to get Americans to look at how to support the movements abroad, uh, that's, uh, that's a tough nut right there. Uh, I think maybe uh, growing uh, BDS at home, uh, you see how fragile that is right now uh, here in America, but if that were to actually become a mainstream uh, movement, then we could kind of get some leverage here at home that would get to the heart of what the problem is. And as you can see, I've figured out what the problem is, and I'm trying to deal with that from a, a truth point of view. Now that we've got that sorted out, we know it was nanothermite. We found out all the, the political connections. We know who the SAN are, the helpers who are – uh, Americans or said to be Americans even though they have dual citizenship and they then do their job here in America to help the Zionists 
to their ends. And that needs to be uh, pointed out and eliminated from our uh, society even. Yeah, I but I still just question how are we ever going to build a strong enough movement to make that happen because I feel like it's a tree that fell in the woods and nobody heard it. And we've had all these years to try to broadcast that message that something happened, but it's not. Yeah, but we haven't been talking about we haven't been talking about Zionism all these years, as far as I know. Early on, when I got into the truth movement, we were we avoided the subject because we couldn't get it we couldn't get a word in edgewise about it. When we did a a Los Angeles event that Christopher Bolin showed up at. Uh, there were people in the in the uh, in the presenting group that wouldn't let him speak. That would, that tried to uh, marginalize him in and his presentation. And so that was early on. So Chris has had a, just a hard time getting this out. And it does seem like there's a blank wall. But you're, you're asking the question, well, how are we going to do it? I don't know how we're going to do it. But until we do it, we will not be strong enough movement in order to do what we need to do. Christopher has communicated with us, and he's on his way into the call. So he doesn't have a lot of time to stay on, but if you want to address that particular issue with him about what his ideas are about how to spread this out, we can do that when he comes on. I'll let you know when he's here, okay? Great. Thanks, Didi. I appreciate that. Okay. Great. Okay. Um then another question I've been asking people is, uh, what do we think is most needed within our movements now? And such things as higher emotional intelligence within the people working in the movement, uh, coalition building, regional national networking, consensus building, or do we need new strategies and tactics? Uh, and do we need any further conferences? I, they're getting more difficult to put on and more challenging for the organizers, but... Uh, I did get some good feedback that people do like to meet in the flesh and share the the human spirit um, in these efforts. So, but of course, we need a movement and in some infrastructure of organizations or individuals that could step forward and do any of this. So, so are the 9/11 Truth Movement still in in conflict with each other for the most part? Because I know there was a lot of that going on. Or is every uh, well, I would say more the researchers often had conflicts. When I think about the grassroots activists, um, I just, you know, from my viewing the history of the movement from 2003 to now is that we kind of peaked in 2007 or 8. Uh, yeah. And actually, if you look at Google Trends, uh, that's really where the most people in America were searching on the term 9-11 truth, and then it's waned since then. And... I have heard about the JFK assassination movement that it peaked in 1976, some 13 years after the the crime. So but I'm just wondering, how do we... How, what's that? A lot of new information has come out about that as well, but, you know, the question I hear you saying is how can we, how can we collate all of this together for some action uh, to get get a little more a lot more done than's been done because it seems like it is almost a moot point now and not in the activist arena but among the public I don't even think they a lot of them think about it anymore and that's kind of sad. Mm. Yeah, well that's why I'm wondering how do we revive our movement because I would say even within the activist community, number of people and the number of hours they're putting in per week on the 9/11 Truth movements dwindled. You know, dwindled. 
and I think it's somewhat um, kind of morphed into a wider state crime deep politics movement where people kind of have gone down the rabbit hole and seen that there, that 9/11 is just one of, of of many false flags that have been perpetuated against us. So that's I'm wondering how do we how do we get our the movement back on track so it someday can be successful. Well, Gabriel, this is Steve with AU Network, and, and first of all, I'd like to, again, thank you and, and what Amuka has done, but to, to kind of jump in there and answer that, I would say that's exactly what we're doing uh, tonight, and also, I told this to Hamuk, but uh, uh, the video that Hamuk did in California is now in our number one video slot on uh, our homepage of AU Network, uh, TV. so that is up there, Solving 9-11 Ends the War. So, And then we have Betty Smith, who's on with us in Chapel Hill. She's already got that that uh, video playing in uh, Raleigh-Durham and Chapel Hill area. And in Raleigh, North Carolina, about every 10 square miles is a college or university. So there's a lot of people watching that particular film on uh, uh, cable access. So the word is getting out. And, and the biggest thing is, is not to be discouraged and to keep plugging away, just like Kamuk's doing, and just like I've been doing, and like Jay's been doing, uh, I still make videos and pass out. So, you know, don't ever, you know, succumb to the uh, story that it's, it's a bunch of crap because 3,000 people were murdered that day, and even more so the people that died as a consequence of uh, the lying saying that the air was safe and, and all the responders that uh, helped with that event. So, you know, that, that was a lie. It, it's it's an atrocity. It's a murder. So, uh, as long as I'm breathing, I will never, you know, uh, give up on on that. So, uh, I encourage you, and I encourage everybody. That's why we're here. This call was started because the the founders of this were 9/11 truth seekers, and we still are. So, I just want to let you know that we are supportive of that, and want everybody to feel that that way as well. Thank you. Great, Steve. That's perfect. Just what I what I wanted to hear. The, the one thing that I want to say about that and follows right after what you said is that the, the reason I put all of this stuff, this 200 videos all cut for public access, the sound, the audio, the video, everything's right, ready to go in any format you need it in, is because it's educational tool that more and more people are finding. All of those Americans that don't know what's going on, they're somehow being bit by bit turned on to this, and nobody that I have ever heard of, once they've gotten 9-11 truth, has ever gone back and said, oh, well, George Bush was right all along. So it's, we, have, we live with an ever-widening movement. Now, you may say the thrill is gone, but the part about the people got killed doing it is true. There's no doubt about it. So th there's no way that I'm going to stop doing it just like you. And so it's that kind of attitude that keeps it going. Gabe is asking the question about how do we unite all of those attitudes? <laughs> and I think that's a great thing. Uh, somehow I think stepping to a larger movement of some sort is what we need to do at this point. Steve? Go ahead, Steve. Betty. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Betty. It is, is Pablo on? Um, don't see Pablo. I don't see him. You don't see him? No. Oh, darn. There's still a lot of people. working on him. just just what they're talking about. He's working on. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, do, do you have anything you want to add to the comments, Betty? Any ideas? or? Because um, I know you've put a lot of thought into the subject. 
well, by the time you put all the people together that's actively actually working and really bringing this forth, uh, if we could all unite, even in that, the public will wake up with a united front rather than, uh, well, like the old saying, a nation divided can't stand. Well, a movement divided can't stand. So there has to be some uniting thing to unite all of this energy that we have that's so divided right now. Right I don't know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> I have and, some ideas. And, and Betty, Betty nobody can really relate that better than Betty, who's co-founder of uh, AU Network, uh, is the reason she has it so much to her heart is because Betty's birthday is 9-11. So take that and swallow mm-hmm. that one. Wow. It sounds uh, like uh, Dave Wallen had some ideas he'd like to share. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm in Missouri and formerly from Michigan. Uh, but the um, number one, you have to repackage the term 9-11 truth. Uh, 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 in advertising, if you wear out the word, and it is worn out, including for me, not because I'm worn out on the subject, because I'm a long-time participant here also, but because I thought I knew everything. Last night until 4 a.m., I watched for four hours. I don't remember her name, but she's been in Seattle and Vancouver, I think it was. Uh, uh, and, and I learned some things about the Pentagon I'd never heard before. And that surprises me. Uh, so, so the the other thing is that Christopher Christopher Bolin. Um, would this is going to reveal my age? Um, Who's that speaking? Uh, should I continue or should I wait? Yes, go ahead, uh, Dave. I don't know where that's coming from, but go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, the other thing is that, that Christopher Bolin, I think, of all the people I've heard, does the best job, if you've never heard the message, uh, of bringing the entire message on, on the Twin Towers. Um, he really is quite plain, and uh, and so for him to keep doing that. The other thing is we need to resurrect uh, Aaron Russo. Uh, in other words, we need to dig him up and have him make another movie. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and there's another Aaron Russo out there somewhere. I just don't know his name yet. If we, can, if, we, if we can find someone who can make it simpler and plainer and combine things into uh, different size segments in, in this resurrection and no longer use it, Use the term, even though we all know what it is, and it's a great term, of of nine uh, eleven uh, truther. Uh, I think the national media captures us and discounts us by labeling us, and, and when we adopt the very name which disparages us, not that it's a bad name, but but it's worn out. Then we need to we need to find a different medium, a different media of bringing forth. What has been found out since I thought I knew everything about 911? So those are my suggestions. Okay. Have I'm you a- got any ideas of what would be uh, an area to go? You know, you like to package stuff. Let's. Uh, what what might it sound like? 
Well, I'm, I, when I say repackage, I'm talking about renaming who we are. Right, and I'm just uh, trying to get an, an example. Well, I haven't I haven't thought that through. I may someday, or maybe there's someone else on this call who 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 knows. I mean, if if that's a good idea, uh, we first have to decide that. But but if sure. if it is a good idea, then we would we would devote some time to finding a method of. It has to be fresh. Is all I'm saying. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, who wants mm-hmm. who who wants to listen to old news? How often do you do that? Only if you're only if you're doing a, a term paper or something. And and right. most people aren't, aren't going to read your term paper, you know. We, uh, it needs to be condensed so I don't have to sit for four hours and learn things I didn't know already. Um, somehow, and that's an art. That's an art form. So hmm. and 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 after you have created that, whether it's video or or in writing or in a in a media campaign, you see that. The other thing we're forgetting is is that is that this would be of interest to all people under thirty who weren't maybe alive with cognitive knowledge of of these things at uh, at that age. So mm-hmm. so so uh, it's it's how we target it. Repackaging means we targeted people who never heard the message. I Definitely interesting. Yeah. Go. Okay. Uh, all right. I've said well, enough. <laughs> I think uh oh this is Jim. Anyway, I think that um it's not the how anymore. I think more it's um the who um mm-hmm. and the why. Um and unfortunately, you know, <laughs> has to do with Israel, but um but there's more and more people that are standing up um, and saying, hey, uh, these, this group of people has taken over America, and uh, and they're not in our best interest. Um, as far as repackaging it, um, how about uh, Pearl Harbor 2001? Hmm. I mean, because basically that's, ba- that's what they said in the... Um, uh, project for a new American century, was it not? We needed a new Pearl Harbor. Well, here we go, Pearl Harbor, 2001. There you go. Anyway, super thought. No, yeah, I, saying, I hey, that, that's what I was looking for was ideas, and that sounds, you know, that's as good as any right there. I, I, think, I think that's the right direction. Whether or not that's the right words or not, I'm not sure, because we don't want to repeat the wrong side of the question. Um, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, people, generally, people know what, what Pearl Harbor was, and most people have heard of 911 even if they're very young, but they've never studied what the significance of it is in the immediate because it's, they've never had the opportunity. Um, and if we go back to Pearl Harbor as a term, we're actually inviting World War II veterans, if they're still alive, to be really interested, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the wrong age of the of the uh, age spectrum that we're shooting for. I'm not well, sure beyond that, but it's 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 uh, at least in in the community that's already paying attention. Um, we all know that Pearl Harbor, uh, Roosevelt knew that it was going to happen. 
In fact, yeah. I think it was I think it was pretty well set up by the sanctions that were put on Japan. Okay, a lot of people still don't know that. But That's right. If you say if if you can present if you can present okay, well this is what actually happened with Pearl Harbor, the original Pearl Harbor, and then we've got this. 1990s project for a new American century, and here's their documents, and they're saying we need an, we need another Pearl Harbor. So then that that closes the deal. That yeah, that was a false flag. And then the new Pearl Pearl Harbor just happened to happen on 9/11, and that was the new Pearl Harbor. And then afterward, what do we get? Patriot Act, NDAA. Uh, and what have all these things done? What is the purpose of them? Well, I want to jump in. kind of a logical following. Jim, hang on a second. Uh, this is Steve again with AU Network. Uh, I personally want to take them on. So if somebody takes issue with me by being a 9-11 truther, that's fine. And, and I go back to my very good friend, Dave Von Kleist, who, who did uh, uh, in, in Plain Sight. And Dave had a radio show, and I talked with Dave many, many times personally on the cell phone. And like Dave said in his movie, you know, most people are worried about getting their name on a list. And if you don't have your name on a list, then you're not doing enough for your country. And I take that to heart, what the man said. He's exactly right. So, you know, I want people to know I'm an island of truth. I won't back down from that. So, you know, I want the truth. And, and that's what it takes. If you get cowed or, or cornered or or anything uh, as far as what you stand for, then you're not standing straight enough. So uh, that's just my personal feelings. Well, for marketing, you have to think of what the what needs to be put out there to open, even though we all don't want to lose that fact of being a 9-11 truther. What we market out there at this point in time has to reach Number one, the emotion, the mind, many other things that we have to look at in a marketing sense of what's needed. Yeah, also I responded to Glenn Beck. Do you guys remember when Glenn Beck attacked everybody, uh, 9-11 Truther, and compared them to uh, terrorists? Do you all remember that? Yep. yep. Uh, uh, Hamouk, I know Betty does and everybody else. Hamouk, I want you and... and uh, 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 Gabriel, to hear this, I did this back in 2008, but just listen to this real quick. This is short. Okay. All over the, all over our, our archive. You are listening to American Underground Network. The following is a recording of Glenn Beck on his TV show on Fox News talking about 9-11 truthers. Harry, uh, like uh, Al-Qaeda, they'd like to destroy us, and they will work with anyone. There are also people like white supremacists or 9-11 truthers that would also like to destroy the country. They'll work with anybody they can. This is Steve of America Underground Network. First, I would like to say I am an American citizen and I am a 9-11 truther. I encourage each and every one of you to not sit on your hands, but in your spare time, do like I do. Please make copies of 9-11 truth movies 
and distribute these, if you can, in grocery stores or anywhere where you see these vending type of movie rental machines. I have yet to give one out to somebody and have them give it back to me. Most of the DVDs that are available in the, in the Freedom and the 9-11 Truth Movement have four movies on them, and the, the authors of these films encourage people to give them out. Please take the time to do this. It's the only way to wake the public up and let them know that the media is lying. But for the record, my name is Steve of America Underground Network, and Glenn Beck, I am a 9-11 truther. Thank you, and God bless you all. Okay, that's just a clip I'd run many, many times on our shows. Uh, thank you very much. It's like having a commercial built right into our uh, into our talk show. I love it. Yeah, we used to do more of those, but we've discovered that um, one of the things people like about coming on our program is that we let them talk and don't interrupt them often at all until we get to Q&A. <laughs> so they really get a chance to have a voice and tell their story. One of the things that David mentioned, we need to repackage it, and I think maybe that's what I'm thinking about here, because the truth movement from the beginning has not included the Zionist issue. And I think if you bring that in, you have a major repackaging on your hands. That's why I was encouraging people to uh, get involved in BDS and make that, make Americans aware of why in the world anybody would want to boycott Israel. It, even South Africa is boycotting Israel, and America doesn't have this, doesn't have uh, the, the slightest inclination to do it. So. Uh, some people do, of course, Code Pink, and there's lots of people working on uh, BDS, but it's something that we could do as a strategy, as a movement, to make the problem a little more apparent. Let me do a call out to the new callers and see if Christopher Bolin has joined us. Pablo's on, uh, Didi. Pablo's one of the callers. Oh, okay. Oh, Welcome cool. to the call, Pablo. Hi, hi, Dee. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure. Yeah, you're on with um, our guests, Gabriel Day and Humak. Uh, are discussing. We're discussing um, how to go forward with this movement to 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 bring it back into the public eye in a in a more uh, comprehensive way, where all the groups are working together. So go ahead. Um, welcome to the call, Pablo. And then I'll I'll let you and Gabriel bring him in, Humak. Okay. Well, let's let's bring him in now. Is, is, is this the Pablo that's Betty's friend? Pablo Nova. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. She's she's. Uh, I've heard very much about you, and I'd love to hear your comments on any subject that we're talking about here. This is Pablo, who was just talking. Uh, my name's Rand. Uh, Embassy, son, Randy. Uh, well, you were being addressed, um, Pablo, by uh, Humak, who's hosting tonight. Yeah, uh, 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 I'm really impressed with Betty. She just uh, it seems like she's got the fighting spirit. And, and I was organizing against the war in Vietnam from 50 years ago to 40 years ago and learned all kinds of things that seem to be lessons that nobody knows about who wasn't involved and None of them seem to be either around or telling people what happened and the mistakes we made and how we learned from them. I, I realized it, 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 I spent the last half hour trying to, or 45 minutes trying to get in the call, and I didn't, so I missed all the conversation. And I don't want to force people to go back. 
for stuff. So uh, I'm waiting for your guidance about how to proceed. Uh, well, I don't think there's any backing up at this point, Pablo. We've been over various issues and changing the 9-11 truth movement to another name and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm big on uh, exposing the Zionist connection as the way to truth. So everybody's got their own, and I'd be happy to hear your version of what's the best way to proceed as a movement. Okay, well, we're, we're, my experience was the, the following. We, we started off without now as the slogan to try to make our contribution to stopping the war in Vietnam. And then soon after that, uh, everybody decided to go their own way and come up with, go to the people with their explanation of why the war is being fought and who was really behind it. And the parallels to me are almost identical to what we've gone through for the last 13 and a half years, which is instead of taking a unified, simple message based on good moral principles, uh, we've ended up taking a mixed message where the people who are not sure of the truth of the big lie are confused by all the infighting. And, and so we're, we're setting up a new forum called the 9-11 Truth Dialogue Forum.com, and, uh, well, without the forum.com. And the idea there is to encourage dialogue amongst all the 9-11 truth forces with the main focus being to agree that the 9-11 was a big lie, false flag, inside job. Uh, and see if we can agree to some kind of a joint statement that we all then put as our highest priority to take to the people of the U.S. and the world, because when we finally came back to that, I, I was one of the leaders of the San Diego Convention Coalition, and we came up with a people's petition that was similar to what I'm calling for now, and we got 100,000 signatures in the San Diego area, and it became a rallying cry. We got connections all over the country and the world, and everybody united around going back to the basic slogan out now, and then we started to have real influence. So my feeling is that the biggest mistake we've made is that we've been emphasizing too much what, what supposedly did happen on 9-11 and not taking a unified message of what did not, which is the official conspiracy theory. Hmm. Say the name of your website again. Uh, it's 911truthdialogue.com. Excellent. Thanks. I'm I'm the director of two projects. One is that one, and I'm re pretty much responsible for about 99% of what's on that site. And I figure I'm about 20 hours worth of work to, so that we can make it go public. It's just, there's a few pieces missing. I'm also the uh -huh. director, I'm also the director of the 9/11 crash test project, which has the idea that we, we feel like the biggest split in the 9/11 truth movement is between the plane huggers, so-called plane huggers, and uh, the no planers. Uh, and so the, the, the thought would be to organize a, a scientific rocket sled test where we attach a, an actual Boeing wing to a rocket sled and run it at 560 miles an hour into a, uh, an exact replica of a three-column World Trade Center twin tower uh, facade panel and see who wins. And if somehow the aluminum cuts through the steel, then the people who say that couldn't have happened have to back off and we have more unity. If the steel shreds the stuff, shreds the aluminum, which is what I expect, but I'm not 100% sure, then the people who say that the plane could enter like it appears to enter in the videos, they'll have to back up. Either way, we end up having more unity. So I think that's a pretty worthwhile project. Sounds, sounds great. Uh, hey, Gabe, uh, are you in there somewhere? That's, uh, 
we hadn't finished all of your ideas uh, about the movement, and do you want to ask another question? Sure. There's one more um, that I'd like to voice. Is um, as we have in the past, do you think we should continue to reach out to our national natural allies within the alternative, progressive, libertarian, social justice movements? Uh, and what have we learned about effective outreach within these movements? Because we met with very limited success, you know, in reaching out to the movements that you you would think would be able to see through this false flag. And uh, I know we need more allies to be successful. So that's the question I'm posing. Well, I certainly think it's important to reach out to the to the allies in the peace movement, but there are some people that think their movement's polluted by 9-11 truce, and that's a problem. And it, it's different place to place. Like in in Denver, there's a public access station, a PBS station that shows a blueprint for truth, and you can't get it shown anyplace else. So anyway, yes, reach out. Uh, but what we've learned about effective outreach within these movements is don't tell them the answer. You can't tell them that your way is the right way and uh, expect them to listen to you. What do you mean, don't tell them the answer? Well, if you're a 9-11 truther and you say, oh, well, the uh, the planes hit the buildings and the fire did it, uh, or not, the other way around, then they shut down. They, they go right into denial if you try to explain to, you, to uh, folks what truthers seem to know. They have to figure it out for themselves. I was just answering a question, what have we learned about effective outreach within these movements? You have to sneak up on them. They have to, they have to believe they found the answer. Oh, okay. So you mean so gently sow the seeds by giving them some information that leads them, they'll lead themselves to those answers. Exactly, and that's back okay. again to, to 9-11 TV. That's what we're there for, is to keep all of this archives of all of this video available for any American who needs it at any moment to get the whole idea of what's going on. And the way we do it is donations for all this free material that we're putting up on YouTube and, and all the other uh, outlets uh, we need the donations for that, and so I would I just putting that out there as uh, what we need is viral. We, anybody who is listening to this can go to 911 TV and take any video and send it to all your friends. And as soon as everybody does that, then we get viral video, and more and more people are looking at it. Anyway, that's uh, that's the plug for 911 TV now. And uh, back to you, Gabe. Well, I was trying to think about what are the other um, reflections on the movement that we could kick around because I've heard some things like such as we need to make it, you know, have some relevancy to people's lives now and how do we increase that relevancy of our message to people and I'm definitely going to give some thought to that repackaging 9-11 Truth. Uh, it didn't come up with anything initially on that, thinking that. Um, if I may... Uh, yeah, hi, Randy. Uh, come, yeah, come on in, Randy. What are you, what are you saying? Thank you. On that point, Gabe, it's a good one. I think what both of you guys is it's courageous. What all you guys are doing, especially Amok, it takes a lot to stand in face of idiocracy that's being bred by propaganda. That's the denial zone you say exists. 
it does. And one way to break through might be to watch out on what names trigger, Zionists trigger something in me and I'm sure everybody else. But I believe it's easier to focus on neocons. It's easier to focus on parallels in U.S. history and manipulation. These are things that are so current that have influenced our country and how we're wasting the proper direction in the military-industrial complex tooling, which is why people are different. They're in survival mode, so until they can see relativity, such as neocons, then they have their eye on the culprits. Then so you expand that, you'll get into more and more detail. Because what you guys have brought up is obvious to the world. There's a crime scene, and it's not investigated. It's covered up, and all of us grew up through Kennedy, the Warren Commission, so many. To me, I can go all the way back to treaties unsigned. There seems to be a way we're all being manipulated. That's where this indifference is so cultivated, and right now it's necessary to find the right means that Gabe was speaking about to make this effective. And I believe reduce the sites. You already have the roadmap. Christopher Boland's like a god for clarity. And now we know that people will see that blueprint one spoonful at a time. I think the neocons is a good way of showing relativity within short lifetime span. Cool. Randy, thanks so much for your comments. I appreciate that. Okay. Oh. So, Gabe, could you sum up what you've learned today uh, about uh, about the movement and where it is? I mean, you've been to the meetings with other people. What's your feeling about what's going on overall? Well, I think that uh, there's a lot of uh, newbies in the movement that have come in the last, say, two to four years that don't know uh, how much we tried to get a new investigation back in the early days. And uh, so I think there's, I'd love to get some way we could bring some more of the, the fresh energy with the older people that would be inspired by knowing that there's a new batch of activists working on this issue. Um but, you know, we don't really have any national network like we did with 9-11-2.org. It's not still, it's nothing operational, and there hasn't been a national conference in a while to bring people together. So I'm hoping maybe in the coming years there will be some some greater networking effort uh, undertaken um, because there are so many. I The more I've kind of dove back into the movement here, there's certainly a lot of new sites that have popped up and a lot of people that would would be very productive if they met one another in some kind of forum to exchange yeah. ideas. So, I you know, and I'm also I appreciate the, the strong spirit that was expressed about people wanting to hold on to this issue uh, and never give it up. Uh, I mean, I know so many people feel that. 
when I'm always asking the question, well, how do we build it to a movement that can touch a real level of political power and make a difference? Because um, I, I certainly would love to see this exposed in my lifetime. And but sometimes it can get a little, uh, you know, you can get a little bit uh, weary of the struggle and wonder, you know, how do we revive and get a, uh, a broad movement to to share this truth that that will be so, you know so influential in moving the world in a better direction because we've still got an ongoing war on terror that's uh, wreaking havoc and destruction on people's lives. So the need is certainly I've got, there. I've got a title. I've got a title. Okay. Sure. Uh, Pearl Harbor 2001, The Enemy Within and the Slaughter of Innocent Americans. I think using the name Pearl Harbor is misleading, actually, Jim. I, I think it it, Could be. it would. Yeah, I mean, I like the, the concept you're coming up with for sure, but I just wonder yeah. if it shouldn't have yeah. something a little, you know, that isn't used on a, on, a, on another event that's been in our mind's eye for decades. Yeah, the the only tie-in I had with that, Dee Dee, was that they actually stated in the papers of. Uh, project for a new American century was they needed a new Pearl Harbor. Oh, I see. Yeah. And that would be a well, tie-in that could be included yeah. in the film. So, anyway, it's an yeah. idea. I, I get that. That sounds good, though. Yeah. But I think the slaughter of innocent Americans uh, would... I, that's a good plug. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's better than catchy. It's uh, it's pretty effective. Yeah, that slaughter, the word slaughter of of Americans, would catch a lot of people's attention just by itself. Right. If I could say also, Chris Boleyn is probably right on track because it's like his books, which I've read both, is who did nine eleven, who was involved, who was throughout every aspect of it. The, uh, an involvement either inside with the government or out of the country. So it, no, you, you named it by the word thug. He explains it in his books. He explains it in the video that Hamouk did. So that is instrumental. And that, that once you understand the henchman that was used to pull this off, the United States government could not do this by themselves. <laughs> if it, anything went wrong, they would be held accountable. They needed a henchman, and the henchman was obviously it was a Mossad involvement. So you know, I agree with Christopher Boleyn. His research has been phenomenal from day one. So uh, I can't say enough good about what he's done, his research. Uh, Bud? Yes. If you consider he said the word thug, it could be uh, an acronym. The uh-huh. Homeland... Underground government. Thug. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, good one. Uh, well, we I'm have a... to be realistic and direct. The type of humor is triggering. People acknowledge thought while they're laughing. In the days of medieval times in Europe, where I grew up, I'd learned that the jester was speaking truth to power. 
they had the court rulers' attention of Brother King or Queen. If they made a mistake in how they delivered, you would see a new jester the next week, of course. So, in a way, it causes thought, that inner dance. If we can bring it out in each human being, each in their own way, that's what humor does. In it is insight. Thank you. Good point, Randy. Thank you. So, uh, Dee Dee, I'm sort of running out of steam here, and I think we've said pretty much what we were trying to say tonight. I wonder maybe this would be a good time to close it out. I, I would like well, to hear from – go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say um, maybe there's some others on the call that haven't had a chance to have a voice, but what were you going to say you'd like to hear from? Pablo. Oh, yeah, Definitely relative to what the last few speakers had to say about the movement and where it was going. Hey, go ahead, Pablo. We'd love to have you speak. He's been on our call before at length, and so we're familiar with his work. Great, yeah. Yeah, th thanks for the question. My sense is that the order in which we should try to do things is we ought to try to give the existing... Uh, let's just throw a number out. There's 200 9-11 truth organizations and sites, and 20 of them are major. We try to get as many of them to agree to put the main focus on what did not happen. That, in fact, the U.S., I call OCT, official conspiracy theory, is a big lie, and agree to put that first. If we could get a sizable percentage of the existing 9-11 truth movement to rally around such a call, then that combined message will be much more powerful than what's been going out for the last 13 and a half years. And that already exists. If, if, if we can't do that, then we're faced with reaching out to the masses directly, and that's a very slow process. In the meantime, we have this never-ending war and growing police state worldwide going on. So I, I'm pretty strongly feel that we should try to get the leadership of the already existing movement to to agree to unite on a basic message first. And so our, our particular uh, forum that we just about set up is going to actually have two forums. One is to discuss, hopefully collectively, and in a, a, a spirit of, of working together to solve this problem. One is what did not happen, and the other would be a more speculative forum about everybody's different versions about who did it, what did happen. And, uh, and on our website, we have a, a draft, uh, what I call a draft 9-11 truth movement unifying statement that everybody can check out and see how close to agreement they are to that. And it, it's basically a, a exposure point by point of the 9 and 11 main components, the central components of the 9-11 big lie. So it's, it's divided into there's people, places, and instead of things, planes. The people is divided into three by motive, opportunity, and means, and exposes that the supposed 19 Arab Muslim terrorists were still alive or dead before. They didn't have the motive, they didn't have the opportunity, they didn't have the means, but other people did. The places are divided up into the three places where there's supposed crashes happened. And the uh, planes has to do with what happened pre-hijacked the actual seizure of the planes and what was done afterwards, the approach to the buildings and the crashes. So the whole thing is logically organized. And I think we have general agreements throughout the 9-11 truth movement 
about all those nine points, the point would be the combination of anthrax and the Patriot Act, and the 11 point would be whether the Afghan war was planned before 9-11 or was revenge for it. And I think we have pretty close to universal agreement on the fundamental points of the 9-11 big lie. So if we could just agree on that, redraft this thing collectively, and take a unified message, people will listen because some 90% of the world believes it's a big lie, and close to a half between a third and two-thirds of Americans have serious doubts about it. So they're just waiting for a unified call. Because what they've been getting is the flame warring amongst us. So I think it's much less important to try to agree about what really did happen because there's a hundred theories out there about planes or no planes and if, if planes, which planes, whether the official planes or whether the replacements, whether it was some kind of thermitics or nukes or directed any energy weapons, it's going to be really hard, not necessarily impossible, but really hard for a significant sector of the entire movement to reach unity on those things because we're so split up and we don't have access to much of the proof. But but agreeing about what didn't happen, that 9-11 was a big lie, we can do that. And I think that's the way to proceed. That sounds good. Tell us your website again. Okay. It's 9-11 Truth Dialogue, uh, you know, with no spaces and no capital letters, dot com. Great. Okay. And I, I love the way you're organizing things. I'm going to take a look at it immediately. Hey, Pablo? Uh, I'd yes. like to... Go ahead. I would, I, I would, I would like to uh, second what Pablo just said, in, and in particular, um, tell us something that we don't know about what didn't happen by your video. If you phrase it that way, we will come into agreement because all the videos have been trying to tell us what did happen, and they, they're going to have to rethink the portion of their video, which is more obscure. The, the most difficult to explain is what didn't happen, and that's where the new focus should be. I think that's a very good way to go. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, my wife and I were, were registrars at the Rosemont, one of those first gatherings of, of the video uh, for 9-11 Truth in Rosemont, Illinois, out near O'Hare, where Fred Smart was. And um at that time, the intensity of everybody was, was to show their latest video, and they're so, I didn't find anything wrong with it, but they were so proud of it. We have to get rid of the pride of the videographers and in order to push through to, to what didn't happen. Uh, if, if we can get to what didn't happen by video, I don't know how many there are. You know, but it, uh, does anybody know that number roughly? How many videos are there on 9-11 Truth? Well, there's 200 on 9-11 TV, so you can get a good start right there. Okay, well, each, each, of those, each of those entities or producers should be invited to edit out of what they've already produced to focus on the simple question, tell someone we don't know about what didn't happen that you have on video. And, and and if you combine that, that becomes the new video uh, as the starting point for tell for, for this uh, uh, reworking of, of 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 what is important still. Mm -hmm. I I have an outline. This is Pablo. I have an outline 
I, I don't want to use I. We, we have an outline of the uh, draft unifying statement that says the main things that were claimed, and we say about them that not only have they never provided the absolute proof they promised the first week, but most, if not all of them, are impossible and worse. If anything can be worse than impossible, they're ridiculous claims on the face of them. So, uh, for example, you know the, the people were 19 specific Arab Muslim religious fanatics, and we know that at least seven of them were alive the next day and said, hey, my ID got stolen, I wasn't involved, obviously I'm still alive, and one of them was dead beforehand. So the case is dead right there. But in terms of motives, they said it was 40 or 72 virgins, yet the night before they say they drank, drugged, and whored. So that's ridiculous. They couldn't be religious fanatics if they were drinking, drugging, and whoring. Then the second motive was jihad and they hated our freedoms, yet the very first week Osama bin Laden was on three different international broadcasts saying, I didn't do it. If, if, even if he didn't do it, he'd claim it because, you know, you could recruit on that basis. So that's another ridiculous claim. Why, why would they not claim it if they did it? And then the third thing, and this is, this is really important. I mean, they're all important. But they keep telling us that the terrorists want to do maximum damage. Yet the two New York City supposed planes flew right over, right past the Indian Point nuclear power plant. They crash there, they take out 3 million instead of the supposed 3,000. Right. They skip President Bush, he was undefended. Right. And, and so we have, we have 9 and 11 essential components, all of which are unproven, and in fact proven to be lies, impossible, and ridiculous. So yeah. we can unite around that if we, if we just focus on it. I've, I've got a question. Uh, and this is for Pablo. Are you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Well, because I, I got a little bit confused when when you're you're saying that we need to focus on what didn't happen. I, I'm really kind of a, at a loss for what you actually mean by what didn't happen. Can you give me examples or... Is it is it just debunking the the claims that were made? I, I'm I'm kind of at a loss. I'm, maybe that's just not the best terminology for that. Yeah, I, I probably just didn't explain things clearly enough. The, we take the official conspiracy theory, and I'm I'm saying that it has nine or eleven, depending on if you include the the auxiliary things like Anthrax Patriot Act and Afghanistan. Without them, there's nine. Three about the people who were supposed to be involved, three about the places, and three about the planes. Right. So about the people, there's motive, opportunity, and means, and they told us specific things. They told us exactly what the motives were, the 40 to 72 virgins, hating our freedoms, jihad, and maximum damage. About opportunity, they said they were surprise attacks, a failure of imagination, and dozens of bureaucratic failures. All of that is, was never proven by the U.S. government, is impossible and worse, it's ridiculous. And then about means, that they outsmarted the world's greatest air defense, $30 billion a year, that small Arabs with box cutters broke open locked doors and defeated big U.S. military trained pilots, and that these guys pulled off incredible, beyond expert piloting, and they were amateurs. That's never been proven, it's, it's impossible and ridiculous. About the planes, about the places in, in New York City, Two planes destroyed three plane-resistant towers. Three, three towers dropped at near freefall speed. The twins were pulverized in air, and the World Trade Center looks like a CD. 
And that, that's not even counting the fact that the EPA, the very first week, the Environmental Protection Agency claimed that the air in New York City was safe to breathe, and it wasn't. So how many people have they harmed with that big line? That's not even in the top nine lines. About Washington, D.C., the Pentagon, there was incredible penetration and destruction of the plane. It was supposed to be vaporized, yet they had DNA for every single passenger. Unproven, impossible, ridiculous. Maximum damage. But if they'd have hit the, the roof, that's the size of a, a large town or a small city. That's a target you can't miss. And they would have gotten a lot more damage and gotten some dead generals. They got no dead generals. They hit the only part that was reinforced against plane attacks. And then the first witnesses of photos said, there's no Boeing here. Shanksville. They, they said, this is the, maybe the most incredible thing of all. They said that for the first time ever and only in all of history, a plane hit solid ground and buried itself. <laughs> and yet it bounced off the ground and left a five to eight mile debris field. It can't do both and it can't do either. And the first witnesses of photos say there's no Boeing there. Then, well, then, and, on, and on top of that, you have a building that wasn't even hit by an airplane, and um, it was quite obvious that it was already set up for demolition. So if one of the buildings was already set up for demolition, the other two were too. Well, that's why I say it was three buildings brought down by supposedly by two planes, because I'm including Building 7, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, so all I get it. I, I, I'd like to work with you on this. Um, what was that website? Uh, 911truthdialogue.com. Thank you. And, and, uh, this, is, uh, this is Dave in Chicago. I'd like to make a comment. Go ahead, Dave. I think, uh, I think when we look at the history of all the calls we have on this show and the common thread that goes through a lot of them, whether we go back to the beginning at the Gulf of Tonkin or whether we go through uh, you know, 9-11 or whether we go through you know, crony capitalism things where people are now being forced to buy certain things uh, and, and slanted things or the things that happened in 2008 where the mortgages were pumped up. Uh, the common thing is false flag. Um, and yeah. the average American still doesn't understand that word and still doesn't understand its importance, but it's the common thread is the majority of issues that the people in this community passionately care about. So I'd like to just as politely as I can suggest that that word false flag be used as the common denominator that we group this stuff around and look at because it's not an overused word uh, and it's a misunderstood word. And when you look at what Rand Paul did yesterday in front of the Senate, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, that's what, you know, he was he was alluding to the, for the for 10 hours. And, you know, it, it, he, but yet he never actually said it. Wait. Can I do a shout-out to see if Christopher Bolin has, has joined us? Because I see a caller I don't recognize on our board. So if that is you, Christopher, and you were able to make it in, could you unmute yourself? Star six. I, I yep, I don't think that was him. I, I don't think he could get out of what he was doing to get on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, does everyone. Comments on, does anybody have any comment on my suggestion? Pablo here. Uh, we we specifically used the term false flag more than once in, in our draft statement. Uh, we completely agree with that, what you just said. 
Yeah, because that term covers everything that we were discussing earlier. You know, do we go? Do we talk about the Oklahoma City bombing, the Boston Marathon? That's all false flag. Yeah, so that right. that so is. How, a, about, how about for a name, America's false flag? Or America's false flags with an S right. at the end. <laughs> I think it's a very powerful educational tool because people are just barely beginning to get used to the idea. It's like Americans have this illusion that every country in the world is capable of dirty stuff except America. And so that's a very powerful tool that we have to transmit because there'll be more. Okay, Humak, uh, are you yeah. there still? Okay. I am. Uh, it's very enlightening. I've enjoyed this uh, program quite a bit, and the uh, various callers that have called in have gotten some great ideas and some uh, great information. But I think I'm about ready to drop out on this end, and um, I just wanted to say uh, go to blog.911tv.org and Pick a video, the Christopher Boland uh, Solving 9-11 Ends the War is a good one, and send that to all your friends. Let's get this stuff to get viral, and I think then the process will take care of itself. But I really do appreciate all the input from everybody uh, tonight. I'm sorry Christopher couldn't make it, but I think we managed to uh, cover quite a bit of ground ourselves. Uh, Gabe, what do you think? Are you still there? Okay, he had to drop out in about an hour. So okay, that so that's it for me, Dee Dee. And uh, okay, well I, we have Dee Yes, go ahead, Betty. Uh, um, maybe I better get Steve. <laughs> I probably should ask him. Okay, Steve. Steve. Yes, Betty, go ahead. Is there any chance we could dedicate maybe one call a month just for a, a session like we had tonight? I think it would be great, absolutely. Um, Maybe do it like a certain week or just do it when you schedule it or something like that. Yeah. Would, it, would, yeah, that's, would, every, that's would a MOOC and everybody be? We, we could invite well, different groups just like um, it was suggested and uh, try to get a, a national um, uh, alliance where you could meet and do exactly what, what's been done tonight. So I right. think that'd, that'd be great. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. Be good. That'd be a good suggestion, Betty. Very good. I noticed, Dr. Cross, you were you were unmuted. Would you like to say anything for Hamouk drops out? Yeah, uh, I, probably this is addressed through the other speakers. But what I like to say, you know, Kui Mono, who benefits from all this? There's only one group of people that benefits. It's the Israelis. Uh, they were behind 9/11, and now look what's happened to the Middle East. Total destabilization. Uh, we wrecked Libya, and that was planned. And uh, now Syria is being destroyed. Uh, Iraq's destroyed. Afghanistan's de- Afghanistan's destroyed. Egypt's in turmoil. And uh, uh, this is all brought about by 9/11. And the Mossad. Uh, uh, Christopher Boland said Mossad did it. I think the CIA and Mossad were in on it. In other words, the United States and uh, Israel. And, you know, Bernstein, MI6. Bernstein got $7 billion, 
you know, from the World Trade Center's going down. Now, I, I always ask people, I say, uh, how many planes hit the building? Uh, they, they say two. I say, okay, uh, how many buildings came down? Uh, two. They don't know the third building. I third building was uh, came down with an implosion. Uh, so, in, in other words, and this is about 90% of the people still don't know that the third building came down. You know, and it wasn't hit by planes. So I think Israel is behind us. They got, they're getting what they want. They, you know, Israel isn't behind Ukraine too. What's going on in Ukraine? Israel is behind that. Victoria Newland, she's a Zionist Jew. Her husband Kagan, he's a Jew. You know, Richard Pearl, uh, a Jew, another Jew, and they, you know, they had that plan for a new world, new uh, new world order. You remember they came out with that plan. And, it, and it's falling, uh, the plan's being followed. And in, in other words, they want total chaos in the Middle East. So they're the only one benefiting from chaos in the Middle East. And now we got ISIS. Who created ISIS? Well, some people say the CIA, Mossad, and Saudi Arabia. And then, so, uh, this is the plan. Everything that's happening is is um, is, uh, is planned. It's uh in other words, there's a great big plan going on in the world. And then behind it is the New World Order, One World Government. Who's going to be behind that is Israel. The Illuminati. Now, the Bilderbergers are meeting this June. They'll be coming up this June uh, pretty soon. And we'll see what the, what their plan is for the next year. So the only people benefit are the Israelis. And uh, America's going down a drain. We've got an $18 trillion deficit. We're, plan we're fighting all these stupid wars. And no one questions that. The country's total bankrupt. And where do we go? They're thinking of confiscating the IRAs, you know, because there's about, I don't know, $17 trillion in there or something like that, or $20 trillion. And so there's, it, it's a great big plan. Everything that happens is not an accident. It's all planned, you know. And you go back to World War One. World War One was ready to end, correct? And then they got the Balfour Declaration. So Israel and the Jews, no, Israel wasn't there then, but the Jewish Zionist Jews, they sucked us into going into World War One when it was ready to end. And so we lost a lot of people. And it goes on and on and on. Total chaos, but it's planned chaos. Nothing's Nothing happens by accident. It's all planned. Yes. Indeed. Now, I want to honor Humex, um wanted to leave, and I know you have that you wanted to go, so we don't uh, want to hold I'm you. I'm not there. Uh, I'm listening. I'm living every minute here. Okay. Okay. Then proceed on, everyone. This is Pablo. I'd like to respond to the to Dr. Cross. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm asking for, for permission because I'm... I'm just trying to go with the style, and I'm not sure exactly how that works. Uh, I have a strong agreement and disagreement with what you just said. I, I'll agree to any description of the perps that includes the U.S. government representative of the 400 billion in the U.S. As long as they're at least co-leaders, I'll agree to it. If they're not in first place, I can't agree to it because I don't see under any circumstances that those 400 billionaires would allow their power to be trumped by anybody else. I can't see it. The, the golden rule is 
he who has the gold makes the rules. There's three parts. He who has more gold makes more rules, and the group of people who have the most gold makes the most rules. I don't see any force in the planet that trumps the wealth of the 400 billion U.S. billionaires. And if they don't trump them financially, they can't trump them any other way. But my main concern would be that if we start discussing whether it was the Zionists or the U.S. billionaires or the deep state or the Vatican, uh, we're not going to unite. So I almost don't speak out publicly at all about my differences with everybody, and everybody has differences with everybody else, because it's not going to unite us. So I even hesitate to say what I just said. But it doesn't seem reasonable to me. Uh, I don't think that's the explanation for the last century of history either, because there's many issues. The, uh, the Korean War with the U.S. destroyed that country and killed 3 million people had nothing to do with Israel and the Jews and the Zionists. The 400 billionaires of the U.S., they had reasons to do that. They had reasons to do Vietnam. They had reasons to overthrow the democratically elected government in Chile, and Israel had nothing to do with any of those. So if you want to say the two of them together, I can live with that. But I, personally, I think that the U.S. was the major player, and Great Britain and Israel and some others were secondary minor players in comparison, because if it didn't have the permission of the 400 U.S. billionaires, it doesn't happen. Uh, same thing with the Ukraine. It, 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 it can't be correct to say that the only one who benefits from all this is Israel, because the U.S. is benefiting. The 400 billionaires are getting richer. When they overthrew Afghanistan, 10 months before that, the world had pressured the Taliban into eradicating the opium production, and they wiped it out. The U.S. went in right away. Opium production, 95% of it was coming out of U.S.-controlled Afghanistan. That's got nothing to do with Israel, but it has everything to do with U.S. bankers who were going bankrupt without the, controlling the drug trade. Okay, so that's why that's included because Afghanistan was part of the overall 9-11 plan. I, I agree that a, an awful lot of it was pre-planned. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just concerned because there's forces within the 9-11 truth movement that say the Vatican is always behind all of this. Uh, and, and there's the ones that say, including Chris Bolin, I've listened to a number of his presentations, and I fundamentally do not agree with him that this was mostly Zionist secondarily the U.S. I, I, I find that unacceptable and it concerns me, but I really don't want to battle over it because that's not what's going to stop this stuff. What's going to stop it is when the world's people are pissed off enough that they were lied to about 9-11 because they're the only ones that can make history and we have to reach them and the way to reach them, the only onus we have is to prove that it's a big lie, not to prove, which is almost impossible for us, to prove who did it, why they did it, how they did it. That's really difficult. I've heard up to a hundred trillion, but I've never seen any documentation on it, so it's a good question. Five hundred trillion. Comment. But no, I disagree with Pablo. Uh our foreign policy is totally totally uh engineered by Israel. They elect the president. Now, look at all the candidates running for president are all backed by Israel. So you, you, no matter who you get, Israel is going to determine our foreign policy. All Republicans. Well, Rand Paul is a total wipeout. He's already, he's already been over to Israel. He's got his marching orders. Rubio has been the same way. Cruz is the same way. They're all in the Israeli pocket. So what's going to change in our foreign policy? You have to admit... What's going on in the Middle East 
doesn't benefit the United States. It only benefits one country, Israel. Well, and and I would like to add to that because um, you know, like you're talking about the Korean War and these other and these other yeah. issues. Okay, the the problem is is what is the international banking system that got ninety percent of the countries involved? Uh, it started with the Federal Reserve and uh, branched out into the IMF and BIS, Bank of International Settlements, but it all started with the Federal Reserve, and who owns the Federal Reserve? International Bank. And they make, they make money on both sides, and they have ever since they've been created. Right. Correct. But, but who, who owns it? That's but, what you have to come down to is we've got this evil, evil cabal and they've gotten control and they've and they're known control. to do it. And that's why that's why Hitler wanted them out of Germany because they took over Germany after they welcomed them in. And then they tried right. to throw them under the bus so they could get Palestine. And that's all documented. So it's, you know... Anyway, my two cents, bye. Uh, one thing I would suggest for Pablo is to take a look at Allison Weir's work. There's some videos up on uh, 9-11 TV with her uh, featured. And she is, uh, uh, if America knew, if America, yeah, if Americans knew is the name of her website. And she documents pretty clearly the last hundred years of how the Jewish lobby took over. And I'm, I realize that those words, Zionist, Jewish, Semite, all that kind of stuff, charges the conversation. But at some point, if you're going to talk about the truth of who did what and why there were 200 espionage agents here that got sent home for free rides after 9-11, you've got to wonder why they would do that. Well, it's real easy when you look at who did it. Chertoff, he's, uh, he's the son of a Mossad agent. So it's very clear what happened, and uh, it's very clear also that the 9-11 Truth Movement isn't talking about these things. So until we do, we're not telling the truth. We have to have something to open people's minds to listen before we can give her, give them the deeper stuff. We can't start out with the deeper stuff. Well, that's that's why I'm suggesting Allison Weir as a step into it. Because she's not actually a 9-11 truther, but she is definitely on our side. Well, I, this is Pablo. I just went to your site for the first time. I wasn't aware of your existence. I just went there a couple hours before the program and uh, didn't get a chance. I'm, I, I'm not a primary researcher. I think I'm pretty good at synthesizing other people's work. I sent Barbara Honiger a, a detailed line-by-line, 15-second by 15-second critique of her uh, 9-11 virtual walking tour, and she thought it was a fabulous review. Uh, so I'm I'm going to be spending a lot of time at your site, and I uh, I'm proud to be part of the same movement with somebody who has done so much work to collect all these videos in one place. Yeah, that's very cool. Tell me your name. Yeah, it's uh, Pablo Novi. Yeah. Okay, Pablo. Yeah. 
It's uh, yeah, it's great to get to know you. Ben has been an advocate of yours for uh, some months here, and I'm I'm glad we finally got uh, around to getting meet- to meeting. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go back to the Bolshevik Revolution. Who who was behind the Bolshevik Revolution? Well, I've I've seen that analysis, and I don't think I even want to go there because I 100% disagree that the Bolshevik Revolution was run by Jews or by the CIA. I I grew up in the 50s, and well, I I went. Pablo, what what books are you reading? What books are you reading? I gave you 50 books that documents that. Well, uh, bear with me for just a moment. I, I grew up doing bomb drills, where as a child in school. We hid under wooden desks to protect, supposed to protect ourselves from Soviet communist bombs. And I thought that they raped women and ate kids or ate women and raped women and raped babies. And it turned out that that's all a bunch of CIA propaganda. They, they lost 27 million people in the Soviet Union because the U.S. was their mortal enemy, not because they were running the place. That's just completely wrong. Right, that's untrue. That's untrue. How many Christians were killed in the in the Soviet the Union by the Bolsheviks? What the communists did to the German people after World War II was atrocious. Go go watch Hellstorm. Probably but one of the it, best. You know, folks. Hello. You know, I've been listening to this. I'd love to interject something here. Pablo was right. There's many sides to a tree. No matter what side you're sitting on, you claim you're seeing a tree. We're not in the tree, in the branches, inside the bark, or in the roots. We know now we need to come together. As far as the doctor, he's more than right. The gentleman that spoke about the desk, I grew up outside of Dachau, Germany, so I don't really like to hear bullfucking shit in generality about Jewish people. We're about ignorance. The ignorance has been abounding since the first sunrise. We're being manipulated by warmongers who've kept money in their family control. What's sanctified on this earth is the churches and those who run and control the place, kings and queens. Most U.S. people cannot even answer which of the 13 original states were commonwealths or states. Commonwealths were owned by royalty with royal generals. I'm an indigenous person. The lie machine has been here before by imprinted people who are Europeans bought and sold under their kings and queens, controlled by Rome. It doesn't matter whether they're called Jews or Christians. They're not very human or humane. We're here to clarify the American public that we, the people, have the right not to be differentiated from our government. If we only, any of us had cojones, we'd be asking every rep and state senator all the way up and down the ladder why 
when Gore and Bush died? Was it in the Supreme Court, not in front of Congress, as the Constitution mandates? We're not playing into reality that's in common with people who had their pocketbooks stolen by a Ronald Reagan crash seller. We gotta wake up to what's in common. That's how we'll heal and awaken. That level of humor was life. We have to keep what's in common that Pablo's speaking of in going. Tumbuk's done a lot of work. Yeah. That's good philosophy. Let's deal with facts though. You're not dealing with facts. You're just philosophizing. I don't know why you're philosophizing while you're doing it. Let's deal with facts. The Bolshevik Revolution. Who is behind the Bolshevik Revolution? Lenin, Trotsky, and all the other Jews. That's a documented fact. Jacob Schiff, sir, the Jew. Watch sir, out, Asian. Wait, there, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me finish, finish up. I'm dealing with facts. Rothschild agent, uh, Jacob Schiff pumped $20 million for the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917. They killed 66 million Christians. They persecuted the church. They destroyed 80% of the churches, the communists. They were Marxists. Marx, Karl Marx was a Jew. Hess was a Jew. Engels was a Jew. Lenin Trotsky were a Jew. All the people behind it were Jews. And they persecuted, killed 66 million Christians in Russia. That's facts. Who ran the communism in Russia? The Jews did. And they killed the Tsar. They killed the Tsar and his family and six children and poured acid over them. Why did they do that? Those are documented facts. Can you refute that? Uh, I can refute it. Refute it. But okay. if you refute it, you'll be lying. Well, so refute okay. it. Come um, up with your philosophy. Dee Dee, this isn't going right. Yeah, I think we should uh, go. I think for getting way off subject, we covered in the call what we we wanted to cover. So I don't uh, know, let me, Sam. Let me put a word in it. I would like to have a moment. I'm just expressing to you, sir. I'm black, Native American. Please don't tell me about suffering and atrocity. It's in everywhere on this earth. It's not philosophy. It's what we're doing right now on the line. Not going backwards to go forward. We're going backwards only to present truth like Hamuk and people are doing in specific form in current reality that they can reference. We already are divided and conquered just like this communications we're doing. What we're talking about is what's in common. What's in common is the integrity of waking up. I, I wake up. I think you're. I think you're. You're philosophizing, but you're not dealing with facts. I'm. Pre- yeah, I'm giving you facts. I, I'd well, like to I say wanna, something. Uh, yeah, Betty, go ahead, Betty. Betty, listen, Betty. Betty, I'm going to keep talking. So if he he better stop because I'm not going to stop. Okay, Betty, go ahead. I think it's about time we just. Kept on the theme of unity, and this is just an example why we have to stay on a theme of a unity. 
because we have all kinds of history out there and everybody's got their own opinions of whether it's right or wrong or indifferent and it divides us. We have to unify and although we have that in our background and our thoughts, when we're together we have to speak with unification unifying how can we get to the public how can we get them to understand they're not gonna if they come on a call and hear all this type arguing back and forth right i agree and it's uh definitely so let's maybe it's time to end the call because i think we we dealt excellent and did excellent with you know speaking uh, about the different things. Uh, so it's up to well, you, Didi. You're yeah, the, you're no, the I, I I agree. Well, and well, and Humuk, I want to thank you, Humuk, for coming on the call and delivering the idea. Here. Yeah, and same with you, I um, Pablo. Volatility. Yeah, it just um, we were getting a little bit off track about what we were actually talking about, and and so I think Betty's right. I think we accomplished that. And Sam, sorry to cut you off, but um, well, you you people get off. Jim and I will be on later on. We'll have the other people. We'll we'll discuss the facts. I mean, you you got to realize people are hiding the behind the facts. You can only deliver what you know, and you have yeah, what you know depends on what you read. So We're at the point what, in time what, what, we have to do something about what... Yeah, well, you have to take the information of the people, but what I'm trying to tell you, everything's controlled in the United States, 6%. Well, we, 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 you're we actually, we know that, here. Sam. We know that, yeah. Sam. The thing is, we got the call together to discuss how we could present the 9-11 movement as a united front toward... Um, you know, having the public re-up their their interest in the subject. And um, so that's why we've done that tonight. And, yes, we're not in agreement on everything, but uh, I don't want to change the tone and tenor of the call into an argument. uh, It's not an argument. It's a discussion. It's exchanging ideas. Oh, okay. It It just sounded like it was getting um, off subject and a little bit vital. If there's any new callers on here, they wouldn't understand what was just going on. Well, yeah. Didn't Christopher Pauline say Mossad did 9-11? Didn't Christopher Pauline say he said Mossad did 9-11 when he was on a call a couple uh, in the past? That's right. right. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I think they're a part of it. I think they're a part of it. But this is what this is my this is my opinion. This is why I like Pablo's approach to this. We need to stop the arguing and find ten things we can agree on, and push that fact to the public. Yeah. This this is Pablo, and I have a question. Go ahead, Pablo. Yeah. Uh, the the other person on the I have such a terrible name. For, uh, uh, Gabriel. Uh, I I went to Gabriel's site. I don't know if he's still on the call. And no. I would like to get a recommendation from him or from somebody who's familiar with this site about which is the best stuff to look at first, because that's a, a site with a ton of stuff on it. And I'd like a suggestion about what's his best stuff or his best stuff about nine eleven so I can learn from him and learn more about him. That would be a question for Humak. 
Yeah, Pablo, I definitely I'll put you and me in a conference email with Gabriel, and we'll have that discussion. Thank you ever so much. Yeah, you bet. Anyway, I thank everybody for being here, and I, it, I, I'm not too bothered about the uh, the uh, shrill tone around when Israel comes up. It just points out to me where the truth is and where the the boil is that needs to be expressed and where the pimple is that needs to be squeezed. So I think we're headed in the right direction, and I think, you know, tempers flare occasionally, but on the whole, uh, working out ways to agree on things has got to be a good idea, got to be the way to go. Anyway, I really appreciate everybody coming in and making their comments tonight, and I'm sure glad to be here. And I'm hoping um, uh, everybody has a good uh, March 21st. Maybe we can make make, make this something like a once a month call that we can really do some brain brainstorming. Hey, hey Jim Palmasan, stay on the line. I want to talk to you. Betty, I uh, I love being on the same call with you. I'm, I, it's nice hearing your voice. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks, Betty, for being on, and thanks everyone for coming in. And you're welcome to stay on and talk amongst yourself as long as you want. But mostly we do end the call at 8 o'clock, and often we have people that stay on for a couple hours longer and talk, like we did last week with um, Ernest Hancock. He stayed on, I heard, with all you guys and talked for two more hours or something. What was our longest call, Didi? I guess it was a call that was like, I don't know, Steve, you, you have that listed on our website. It was like something like a six-hour call or something. It's on the newsletter. Eight hours and yeah. 30 minutes, and I think Henry and Nicole and Ray, and uh, Ray's on the call here. Ray, you were on that call. You were on that call. You guys were up for, what, eight, ten hours, something like that? It was Henry, myself. And Mike from Louisiana from eight eight hours uh, Eastern time, 9 p.m. to uh, whatever it is, what is it, uh, 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, we and all now fell these, asleep on the call. <laughs> yeah, these days we cut it down to, to, to from 8 o'clock Pacific because Fred is usually hosting in his car in Chicago trying to get home from work, so we cut it off. Uh, after two hours these days, instead of the four to six to eight that we've done in the past. <laughs> yeah, back in well, I guess, 2007, there was three individuals that have a lot to say that don't always get it said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back in 2007, 2008, Jaybird, uh, Jay and I, we, we talked right after Aaron Russo was on. I think Jay you said, hey, man, i got to go to work in about 20 minutes. Remember that? <laughs> the, sun, the sun was coming up. I was out in my car, so I wouldn't bother Vicky. And I'm like, Steve, man, the sun's coming up. <laughs> well, I like the format we're doing now with a shorter call. For one reason, it makes a really good archive, and it gets it's short enough that people actually can go back in their day and listen to it, even if it's three hours long. <laughs> but um, uh, so that's the reason that we end the call. One of the reasons, but of course, staying well, on as long as you. When the call ends, the call doesn't end. And no, I know. It never has. <laughs> yeah, you can stay on as long as you want. Yeah, that's true. But we like to let our guests go when they give us the time that they say they can stay on. We don't want to hold them hostage. <laughs> 
Okay, so next week will be our anniversary, our eighth anniversary show. So uh, please uh, check the website, and uh, we're going to have the, the uh, Fred will be announcing to me uh, in a couple of days who the I think Patrick Riot will be one of the main speakers, but uh, he's got several people set up for our eighth anniversary show, which will be next week. So uh, stay tuned. And last week was our last week was our three hundredth call. Was that right? No, no, no this week. 400 this week. 400. 400 this week. This week is the 400th show? Yep. Yes, right now, tonight. (laughs) Can you believe that we've done 400 of these? (laughs) Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, for what it's worth, Patrick Wright won't mince words about who was behind 9-11 and who it benefited.
Oh, heck on him. I, I had a good video for him. Oh. Hey, Steve, you on? Yes, I'm here. Hey, I got a good video for you to watch. All right, ho- hold on. Hold on one sec. A-U-N, American Underground Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.